You're listening to a Monster Kid Podcast. <laughs> we interrupt this broadcast to bring you this special message. How's it going, eh? Today's show on the Monster Kid Podcast Network is a classic. Hosted by two comedic geniuses who've watched way too much North American cinema from the 21st century. Mike Pisacano and Anthony Cilio. Entitled Cinemarketing, this podcast chronicles the heroic adventures of two latter-day consumers of film and the marketing surrounding them. Or, to use the correct 20th century terminology, losers. We hope you give it three thumbs up. Welcome to Cinemarketing. The trailers may have lied to you, but we won't. I am your host, Mike Fisicano. I'm Anthony Cilio. He's back with us, ladies and gentlemen. Back again, and better than ever. He hasn't been with us for a while, but he's glad to be back. And with him, we brought another one of our good friends from uh, from back in the days. And he is uh, very much well-aversed in the topic we're going to be discussing today. Uh, we're going to introduce uh, our friend, Doug. Now, when you guys invited me onto the show... I had a feeling it was going to be for Super Size Me because of my copious knowledge of all things fast food. <laughs> He's like, Doug, he knows about fast food. We yeah. met at a Taco Bell. <laughs> Still a thought. In my defense, I'm down 61 pounds. Hell yeah. yeah. Love to hear Love to see it. Were you, on the, uh, were you on the Jared Fogle Subway diet? <laughs> it's on the lifting three days a week, minimizing sugar diet. Jared Fogle Subway diet? You mean pedophilia? <laughs> I don't want to know what $5 foot longs he is ingesting on a daily basis. But anyway, I hope he's getting a lot of $5 foot longs in jail. Anyway, yeah. <laughs> All right, so we are talking about the movie Super Size Me. This is our first documentary that we're going to be talking about. Probably, I think, one of the only documentaries that would warrant this show's format. Yeah, I'd say maybe this, An Inconvenient Truth, uh, March of the Penguin, March of the Penguin. How many sad children were convinced to see March of the Penguins thinking it was like a Happy Feet movie and then they have to watch like Dying Penguins. <laughs> You're Wait, proving our point penguins? further. We need to we yeah. need to do it. The marketing. <laughs> yeah, it's a, yeah, they there's penguins die because it's a documentary about penguins and how sometimes some of them don't live all the time. <laughs> You're uh, just finding this out for the first time, aren't you? <laughs> yes. Why would <laughs> some of them get made into McDonald's burgers maybe? <laughs> One more Listen to Morgan Freeman and then the penguin froze to death. So this movie stars Morgan Spurlock and is directed by Morgan Spurlock. He's, who, a, he's a dude who lives in Manhattan with a handlebar mustache in the year 2003. Yeah, And this movie made him like uh, you said, like, he made him a name like he is like he was well known as like one of the only like documentarians that someone could name off the top of their head. Yeah, you go up to someone, name a documentarian, they'll probably say Morgan Spurlock. They'll say Al Gore. They'll say Michael Moore. That's hey. about it. I mean, maybe if you got a pretentious guy, they'll say the Maisels brothers, but that's about it. Agnes Varda. Agnes Varda. Uh, anyway, so the film was uh, released by Roadside Attractions and Samuel Goldwyn Films. Yeah, Roadside Attractions. If you see that logo, it's like, yep, we made this film on a budget of uh, three paper clips and a bunch of bubble gum. So here's the movie. Also, if, if you see the Roadside Attractions logo, it means that you're watching a movie from like 2004 only. Roadside Attractions is still around. It's owned by Lionsgate. Hmm. The most recent film they made, let me scroll to the bottom here, The Courier. Oh. And they made that, oh, they made the terrible Pinocchio movie from 2020. 
Or twenty nineteen. Wait, is that what well, was that one the good one? I don't know. It was know. a twenty twenty Pinocchio movie? Actually no, it was nominated for Oscars. Yeah, like makeup and costumes and stuff. Yeah, no. And then, yeah, no, I'm looking through they have a couple of uh other movies. So they're they're actually around. Maybe it was a different company that I was thinking. <laughs> they have of a movie called. coming out actually, called Rita Moreno, just a girl who decided to go for it. Oh yeah, it. that's a Rita Moreno Rita Moreno that's documentary. A terrible title. I think it's I definitely. hate that. Yeah. All right. So this film has a few taglines. The first one, you go, you both laughed when we looked at it in the doc. A film of epic portions. <laughs> I I really hate that tagline. <laughs> Wait, that was an actual tagline. I thought you guys just made it like a dumb quote. No, no that is the, real. It was on the. That poster. was on the poster. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it's not even. And you said epic proportions. It's not proportions. It's just portions, like the amount like portion sizes. I see what they did there. Yeah. Then the other one we have is called the first ever reality-based movie, dot, dot, dot. Everything begins and ends in 30 days. I don't get what that means. Yeah, I think this is another one of those, like, I think, like, Michael Moore might use this sort of documentary where it's, like, the first movie to ever tell you the truth about anything. It's like, calm down. You're not it's the so first. generic. Michael, I love you, but calm down. Yeah. <laughs> and everything begins and ends in 30 days. I'm like, I, I mean, I guess that's kind of what the movies about for anyone who doesn't know what supersize me is about it's a movie about morgan spurlock who decides to eat nothing but fast food uh, no specifically mcdonald's he eats nothing but mcdonald's for every meal for 30 days and then just sees what happens so it premiered at sundance in 2004 which usually happens around like late january or something and it won morgan spurlock won the uh best documentary directing award at he won the palm d'or <laughs> <laughs> he didn't win the uh the, the movie didn't win uh the documentary uh best documentary prize at sundance the movie uh that did win went to a movie called dig it's a remake of holes more pre-release stuff posters there's one poster for this movie and we you, need to explain it you know what it fucking yeah, is it's one poster and you know what the poster is everybody has seen that poster and any movie that like you know comes out as like a parody of it it's like yeah it's morgan spurlock deep throat and a bunch of french fries Yep, and everyone uh, will copy it uh, later on. Uh, we'll get to those. Yeah, examples. all those parody movies. Yep. So this uh, movie has uh, a bit more of a, a different type of approach than a lot of movies here because there's not a lot of, like, traditional marketing. It's not a lot of, like, you know, trailers and, you know, like, tie-in products and stuff like that because, yeah, it's an independent documentary. So a lot of the more marketing-based strategies around this movie are more about like what's in the movie itself and what it promotes and like the ideas that it promotes that people uh still kind of take away from it to this day and believe yeah. even though some of it is a little bit outdated so you so are we going to go over his like rationale for wanting to make the movie yeah so we'll start out with uh talking about what uh it starts so the movie starts out where he brings up this uh court case yeah famous where, court case two girls in new york wanted to sue McDonald's. They were morbidly obese, and they wanted to sue McDonald's for uh, their pain and suffering, saying, your food made us fat. Um, judge threw it away, saying, you know, that's bullshit. And he said, basically, if you can, he goes, if someone can prove that, you know, McDonald's is a detriment to your health, then maybe you will have a case. And then Morgan Spurlock said, my time has come. Exactly. He stood up and said, you know what? My time has come. Yeah, so let's play the trailer for Supersize Me right here. Hello, may I help you? Yeah, can I get the double quarter pounder with cheese meal? I think I'm going to have to go supersize. 
It's hard for me to watch him go through this. So it seems like you're starting to get addicted to it now. You saw these numbers, right? These numbers are outrageous. Unfortunately, you cause some major harm to your heart, your liver, your blood. You're going to die. You'll die. I want more, 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 more. You've got to stop it. Yeah, so again, this is a, one of those movies, again, it... it released at Sundance, had like one of those like slow builds, uh, word of mouth strategies. And it did get a lot of people talking so much so that in March of 2004, which is before the movie ever even got released into theaters, McDonald's had announced that they were pulling the supersize option. And they claimed that it wasn't in response to this movie, uh, even though they were aware of it. Like they said that like, oh, we know that the movie exists, but it's not because of that. It's like, okay, well, what was it for? And they claim that it was because like, oh, the Super Size Me sales were not up to standard. And they also said it was a, a matter of like menu simplification. And it's like McDonald's has like double the amount of menu options now than it did in like the early 2000s. So it's like that doesn't even seem feasible. Yeah. And and by the way, for those of you who don't know, a supersize, um, because we may have some young people who don't even remember supersizing. Supersizing was the option at McDonald's they gave you to give you a giant thing of fries and a giant drink. Um, it the was drink half, is, half a gallon of soda and a pound of fries, I think. I think a half a pound of fries. Half and pound? it was a forty a forty two ounce drink. Now, what I remember most distinctly about this is this is gonna be a real flashback for y'all. I distinctly remember one of my AP history classes with Mr. Lotus Fetto, him going off on Morgan Spurlock because he took away his super size fries. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's actually like I could imagine a lot of the backlash of this movie just being like, oh, well, we'll get into oh, yeah. we'll get into the, some parody movies that try to shit on Mr. Spurlock here. But yeah, and listen, we're not going to come out and be like defend everything about Morgan Spurlock as a person. He specifically has a lot of demons and, and bad. Skeleton, skeleton closet, the closet that we're going to yeah. talk about. So, and and we'll, I'll mention this up front right now because it's uh, an important thing to disclose. Um, so, in 2017, Morgan Spurlock made a sequel to Super Size Me. It was called Super Size Me to Holy Chicken, and it premiered at the Toronto International Film Festival in 2017. And what also occurred in 2017 was the start of the Me Too movement. And Morgan Spurlock had uh, stepped down from his company after admitting to allegations that he had committed sexual misconduct uh, in the past against uh, some of his past girlfriends and wives and was also in the middle of settling a sexual harassment lawsuit. He just kind of came out and said, yeah, I did some bad things. It's like, oh, OK, first of all, who were you again? No, Second I of all what <laughs> it's like, no, okay I, good for you I, for stepping out i guess but yeah but it's also i think it's like the matter of like <laughs> him trying to get ahead of like the negative press to, like to like give himself up he really like, thought cause yeah he like, really thought supersize me too was going to be a huge release or something like dude you're not that famous relax <laughs> yeah, it was, i mean it's played out no he really cared he did more damage to himself 
Yeah, I don't know, man. Well, it's still good that he came out and, you know. Yeah, but also because of that, Super Size Me 2 was then shelved for years. It was set to be released by YouTube Red. Oh, that dates it right there. YouTube Red. Putting out a movie on YouTube. The fuck is YouTube Red? It, it was, was the premium YouTube. service for YouTube. It was like, you know how they have YouTube Premium now? It used to be called YouTube Red. You would get all the features of YouTube Premium, but there was also um, original programming. Vsauce had a show on there called Mind Games or something. Yeah, Cobra Kai was originally a YouTube Red Cobra show. Cobra Kai was originally a YouTube Red show. They had some exclusive movies. It lasted like a year. And then all the things on YouTube Red got bought up by other companies. Samuel Goldwyn Pictures ended up picking it up. I don't think that they distributed it in theaters because there's no box office results for the no, movie. No, I, I think it was only online. It was digital. Yeah, it was probably just like, yeah, digital. On like, demand. Yeah, so... Yeah, that's, yeah, that's what you uh, do when you want to bury a movie. And I can... I don't blame them. It's like, why would you want to now release this movie that you have, like, a guy who's like, his name is tainted now on this movie? Uh, to be uh, honest, I don't think anyone would have remembered. So now... I want to look up now this. this. There's some traditional marketing campaigns, and one of them is having a website. And the SupersizeMe.com website, of course, now is defunct. But put, thanks to the Internet Archive and the Wayback Machine, if you have money to donate, this isn't an ad. If you have money to donate, donate it to the Internet Archive. It's incredible. They don't charge. It's some incredible work they're doing here, keeping, you know, media that would somewhat be lost alive. We could access the Super Size Me website like it was 2004. Yeah. It's incredible. Oh, and it's a it's a 2004-ass site. Oh, there's GIFs all over the place, colors. This one, it says, play the official Super Size Me game. It's called Burger Man. <laughs> Unfortunately, that doesn't work, does it? Yeah, you, I, I guess you can't, you probably can't. Yeah, they probably the, didn't uh, back that up. But. Yeah, you definitely probably need some sort of like. Oh, it's definitely Flash. Yeah, oh, need, there's a downloadable version. But yeah, it's probably just an FLV Flash file that you can't even play. But Jesus, fuck, you guys, this website. <laughs> right? Jesus fuck. This was of the internet before? That's what it was like? Oh yeah, dude. This was the internet. You'll remember, Doug. This was the internet. I I live there now, but not back in the day. Yeah, this was uh this was the internet. I can imagine going to this and then immediately going to funnyjunk.com and albino black sheep. Hey, I still go to funnyjunk.com on a regular basis, my good sir. <laughs> I didn't even know if it's still around. Good stuff. But yeah, this website, it's got like, yeah, it's got little tabs for the reviews and press, I guess all you of the You can look at was. movie stills. You can look at pictures. I love, the movie. I love that old timey movie marketing where movie stills was a, a promotional material that oh, was yeah, like dude. people. It's like except- when you get a DVD and it's like, what's, what's, what's the, uh, what's the, uh, features? Interactive menus, yeah. bro. What type? If it's not interactive, it's not a menu. Now, I wanted to ask you guys. We should have asked this a little bit front. When was the first time you ever saw this movie? Or when was the first time you ever heard of it? Or whenever it was, like, brought into your consciousness? Um, because I, yeah. I don't remember. I remember watching it when I was, like, a teenager. Um, so, I mean, when this movie came out, I was, like, 10. So, I probably didn't see it when I was 10. But I saw it when I was, like, 12, 13. Because I heard there was this movie about a guy that he... I don't remember where I heard it, to be honest with you. I don't remember. Yeah. I just remember it was a thing that I watched. Because I'll tell you, the first time that I was ever brought to this movie's attention was on a, uh, one of me and Anthony's favorite pastimes of watching old episodes of VH1's I Love the New Millennium. Or I Love... Just the entire I Love series is a I amazing. Love the 90s was... Oh. It's still, to this day, one of my favorite things of all time. It's such trashy, garbage television. It is the definition of junk food TV. <laughs> Yes, I love the new millennium. Yeah, I love that. And 
This is 2004. The Flix. I'm ready. Supersize me. The fashions. The trends. The tunes. But yeah, no, so there was an episode, uh, the 2004 episode, one of the movies that they highlighted was Super Size Me. And so I'm watching this as like, I guess I was probably like 12 or 13 at this point when that uh, show had aired. And and you see it like this. I remember thinking, I'm like, oh, that looks that looks so gross. I don't want to see it because they showed the clips of him like throwing up out of his car and stuff. I'm like, I don't want to I don't want to watch this. This looks gross. And then I think that like, you know, it's I guess once you go to like high school health classes like they kind of make you watch this like did we watch this in high school health i mean probably Last time i saw this was yeah. high school health what was the blonde like pe teacher we had the youngish one you don't need to go into specific i don't remember his name but i know he's, you're he's the one, yeah he's the one who showed me this in case you don't know yeah afterwards Oh, of course. Yeah, you got to go to McDonald's right afterwards. We were, I almost ate McDonald's while watching this, but I'm like, nah, I can't do that. Yeah, honestly, I think that's one of the things about this movie that a lot of people make the clays. Uh, it's like, oh, my God, I can't ever eat McDonald's again. It's so gross. I'm like, it, it, honestly, watching this, I'm like, oh, you know, I could go for a McDouble right now. Or, <laughs> like, I, 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 like, I know that there's like that's the unintended effect, but it's like it does give me because I, I think it's like. We know what McDonald's is, and it's like we there's not it's not like they're telling us something we don't know. So it's like, but just like you know, being exposed to it so much, I guess makes yeah. me then I guess retroactively think like, oh, huh, you know, I could go for one of those right now. It looks yeah. really good, even and, though he's like, it, even though it like it doesn't look appetizing in the movie, and I don't think it was his intention to make. Well, it the look Big Mac he got the first day looked really good. That he got in Chinatown that looked like the picture, <laughs> but anyway. It's yeah. a popular documentary, Mike. So we're, we've established here that this is a popular documentary. And yeah. if there's popular documentaries, you know there's going to be parodies and copycats. Yep. So one of them uh, is a movie called Super High Me with uh, comedian Doug Benson, where, of course, the poster is the parody of... a generous word. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he's he's a decently charming man. I he's don't know. Right. He's okay. Um, he's got some podcasts and movies, podcasts and stuff. He's he. I mean, he's just like you know, he's he's definitely of the uh, 2000s era of like you know the pot smoker like that you would see in like a Seth Rogen movie. Like it's yeah. like, but uh, he made a documentary called Super High Me where he decides to smoke weed for 30 days. And the poster is him with a bunch of joints in his mouth. Yeah, and then and. Uh, I think it's 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 a kind of an interesting thing. Like again, it's not uncovering anything new or anything. Like the basic point of it is just like I'm going to smoke weed for 30 days and nothing will happen because uh smoking weed is harmless. And I think it was, it was it does happen. It's yeah. Weird. Yeah, and I think it was definitely a like, you know, a direct response to like the way that drugs were criminalized in the 2000s specifically and like, you know, like fighting back yeah. against that. Which it's I think inter- is- it's interesting to see though like that movie tried to prove this stuff isn't bad where Morgan Spurlock tried to prove it is bad. Yeah. And you know, someone else who tried to prove that it wasn't bad is Tom Naughton who <laughs> made a documentary called Fathead in which he Attempts to re- rebut a lot of the claims that Morgan Spurlock makes. In yeah, Super the poster. Me. The poster is him with a bunch of rolled up baloney in his mouth, and it says, "You, we've been fed baloney." 
Bow on the big ball Big ball Why was this his hill to die on? What, what made him take such a He's, personal what, stand? Imagine being such a libertarian, you're a fucking cuck for McDonald's. Could you fucking yeah, imagine the, that? The whole movie is just like a big apology tour for like, you know, the fast food industry and capitalism. And he's the whole time he's like refuting stupid claims where it's like in the movie where Morgan Spurlock says that like McDonald's is not upfront about its nutrition uh, factors and the calorie counts. They don't have them on a majority of their menus in their locations. And his Which they do now, by the way. Yeah, yeah anyway. they do now. As of, And his response was, well why, don't, well, why don't you just go to one of the ones that does have it on there, huh? Or why don't you just go to the library, get a book that has it? It's like, that's not the point. The first part is he does explain in the movie. It's like, yeah, they have it online, but a lot of people don't have internet access. But anyway, we're getting ahead of ourselves. But yeah, stupid fucking movie. No, yeah, it's a horrible movie. Like, if you think, like, Super Size Me as a movie, like, the technicals have kind of aged. Like, it just very much does look like very low-budget, mid-2000s, like, shot-on, like, video type of uh, movie. And the production quality doesn't hold up there's a lot of goofy animation side effects and stuff like that but fathead it's literally like it's like a disaster movie meet the spartans parody of a uh, super size me it's a youtube video it, like it, it's it's got fucking like the blue powerpoint uh font and like all the shit like explosion transitions like it looks it looks so embarrassing like, horrible yeah not even just like bad for like its politics uh but it's also just a badly, badly made. made and not funny. Um, and then uh, we got a, a funny little gag. Uh, I, I don't know. Did you guys think this was funny? Uh, it was. I just I just wanted to know. You know, I, I don't watch. It, it's a clip from The Simpsons. I don't want to watch a lot of late season Simpsons. I just want to know why all their voices sounded so weird. But that's just me. Yeah. So in this episode of uh, of The Simpsons, again, this is. A little bit late stage Simpsons. It's in 2004, probably like what in season like 17 or something like that. Ooh. Yeah. So there's they're watching a documentary in class of uh, a guy who eats Krusty Burger for 30 days, and here's a little clip of that. One month of eating Krusty Burger and nothing else has transformed me into a morbidly obese, toilet-busting American. If I don't have some kind of nugget every five minutes, I'll die. I'm so weak, I can't even fill out this application for documentary film Oscar. I kind of like the image of him, like... Like feeding the nuggets into his arm with the IV. I fucking hated that. What are you talking about? <laughs> I don't know. I mean, it may, yeah, listen. I know that Modern Simpsons is not good, uh, but I don't know. There's some times where I like I'll see. I'm like, ah, oh, that's that's one. I'm that's firmly in the middle. I know. I know Modern Simpsons sucks, but I also hate the fucking nerds that unironically use the term zombie Simpsons. Mm. So like, I'm like weirdly in the middle where it's like, fuck you and fuck you as well. <laughs> the fuck is Zombie Simpsons? Zombie Simpsons is the idea that the Simpsons is just on life support now. Like they just like they're just zombies of their former selves like they're just passionless it's, it's, it's grown adults taking a cartoon way too seriously that's all it is <laughs> uh, also after this movie was released alex jameson who is noted as the ex-girlfriend of morgan spurlock she was the girlfriend of his at the time and she wrote a book called the great american detox diet which is the book that she wrote about spurlock's journey to like lose all of the weight that he gained from uh you know doing the supersize me mcdonald's diet also just wanted to add after this movie came out there's a show on fx called 30 days 
starring Morgan Spurlock and his girlfriend, they were still together at this time, where basically they do the same Super Size Me thing, but for other things. And they have to, they have to live that life for 30 days. I watched one episode where they lived on minimum wage for 30 days. Oh, my And no. basically Who what they wanted to prove is that on minimum well, wage? they wanted to prove that the minimum wage is not livable. And they did. They basically, they're like, hey, first thing, they got rid of everything. They had to find an apartment that they can afford. They had to find jobs. They had to... You know, they didn't own a car, so they had to figure out public transit. They had to do this. They had to do that. It was really kind of good, but it had kind of the same. But it had kind of the same problems that Super Size Me had, where it had a little bit of victim blaming, but not really like unintentional. Like I don't know. It was, it was weird. It was, it's on YouTube. If yeah. you look up thirty days minimum wage, Morgan Spurlock, it'll come right up. Someone put it on YouTube. Yeah, it's also I think the whole show's on YouTube. Yeah. It also does sound like a lot of anecdotal evidence, uh, much like uh, the movie. Oh, it is. It but, is. Yeah. But yeah, they do other things such as uh, being in prison, a Christian living as a Muslim, things like that. Uh, but yeah, it got it had three seasons and eighteen episodes, right. which are short seasons. But That's yeah, the episodes are months of episodes. Yeah, the episodes are like 45 minutes, so it's worth a watch, I'd say, at least the one I saw. Now let's talk about some of the, uh, the 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 needle drops that are in this movie, some of the soundtrack uh, songs that are in this. So the movie opens up, the opening credits is played to Queen's Fat Bottom Girl. And even, even when that came up, I was like, oh, fuck you. Yeah, Come no, and especially because it's like... You're like, it's like mocking. I Like, I get what you want to do, Morgan. And this is something you'll hear me complain about a lot. There's a lot of mocking in this movie. There's a lot of, uh, maybe uh, maybe you didn't intend for it, but it's like mocking fat people a lot. And I don't like that at all. I think it's really fucked up. Well, the movie really is a time capsule of 2004. The things you can get away with and just looking back on it with 2020, it's just, I mean. Dope, 2021. <laughs> <laughs> Almost, guys. It's time, been a long week. Time is meaningless, bro. Time means I, nothing. I'm on my third beer, guys. I'm sorry. Yep. Whatever you need to do to stay to stay energized. This is great. Oh but yeah, so, God, I'm never getting so, invited back. So yeah, a lot of these songs that are in this movie are very on the nose. Like they have either the word "fat" or or uh, or yeah. "eat" or but something. It, it immediately get, becomes a based soundtrack because it has Wesley Willis in it. What a fucking king! If you don't know who Wesley Willis is, he was an autistic musician. He was so great. You need to look him up. So good. I mean, I think Bikes right though. They he did go for the uh, for the low hanging fruit. You're terrible. But yeah, it, and actually the the main theme was a song by Toothpick, whoever that is, called Supersize Me. Kind of a banger. Yeah, it's a good, I don't know if it was made for this movie, but it's like, it's in the trailer, that super size, super size. It's, it's a good, it's, it's honestly, it's a, it's a, it's a bop. It's, it's, it's kind of like, track. it's like if Gorillaz made a song about McDonald's. Like, Until he starts rapping at the end, then it's not so great. Cause they play it during the credits too, and you hear the whole thing, and it's like, ugh. Alright, so, uh, I think we're gonna, we're gonna go into a little break right now we're gonna go into like the actual uh events of the movie and the uh the the, the, the findings the, the yeah. ketchup and the french yeah. fries if you will yeah. of this film so we're gonna go to a little short break uh again there's not a lot of like you know ancillary media but 
we did point out earlier that there is a sequel to Super Size Me. It's called Super Size Me 2 Holy Chicken. And I actually am of the mind. I know you guys didn't watch this movie, but uh, but I did. And I watched it just for research purposes. And I kind of was after watching the first one, I was like, oh, God, I don't want to watch another one of these. But I actually have to say that I think the second movie is actually a little bit better. And I was surprised. And I, I went in not wanting to like it because I knew I'm like, oh, this was released around the time that he did the Me Too thing. I don't want to be praising a movie made by like this guy that he had to bury. But it was it was honestly like a more well-researched. Uh, it was like better production values. And it actually has more of like an angle like he's trying to uh, refute the idea that like Mc- that fast food has tried to like rebrand itself as being like healthy, fresh, organic, table, free range. Yeah. Organic. And he's like and he's like makes his own fast food restaurant using like those marketing slogans like oh our chickens are free range like no hormones added and it's like you can skirt around like the bare minimums of what is considered like free range and like what is considered like you know healthy fresh organic whatever and you could still like even though it and it's like you know you're you're getting around the regulations but like you know you're doing the bare minimums so that you you could pass yourself off as being more reputable and i think it was actually a a little bit more of an interesting uh more of an interesting commentary on the fast food industry than the first one uh so i'm gonna play the trailer for that one maybe one extra other little tv spot or a news uh sound bite that we'll find later and then we'll come back and we'll talk about the movie in full has fast food gotten healthier absolutely has fast food truly turned a corner to find out i could go back on an all fast food diet but something tells me this calls for a different approach I want to start my own fast food restaurant. You're crazy. Tell me what kind of food. The most eaten animal on the planet. Chicken. If I can have the farm that brings the chickens to the restaurant, that's a good story. Go forth and find your chickens. I am your chicken father. That is a lot of chickens. (laughs) My free range, cage free, no hormones added, humanely raised, natural chickens can get the USDA's seal of approval. Sounds amazing. Until you start to realize how much of that is labeling. What's the smallest space we could give them that would still be quantified as free range? Free range. Welcome to your fluorescent lit restaurant. Everywhere you touch is just greasy and sticky. It's like somebody cleaning the grill with like cleaning solvent. Oh, research is what this is. Welcome to Chicken Corporate Training. Woo! They've been health washing the dirty, unhealthy truth. Fresh green herbs give a health halo. The term fried has evolved to crispy. Artificial grill marks. You can paint them on with dark food coloring. How healthy are our sandwiches? <laughs> I think I think that answers my question. What if there was a company that was completely honest with their customers? Well, why would they do that? Are people actually ready for a 100% honest food experience? Oh, look, it's hollow. You can actually put it on like a mitt. You should not be able to do this with a chicken sandwich. Hey! Hey! Look at this! It's the Olympic team! The what? See? It's the luge! They said to make it huge! It's supersize! Now you can supersize your McDonald's extra value meal with a supersize order of our golden fries plus a large Coke for just 39 cents more. Hey! Hey! You're missing the games! You know, little hammer. No, all I got is this big one. What you want is what you get. Supersize at McDonald's today. Can we take a minute to appreciate when he was painting fucking grill marks on fried chicken? 
<laughs> yeah, I because I, like I said, in that one, he said that what was it? Because he made a, a a a grilled fried chicken because he said that like uh, I want to make like a healthy chicken place, but you go around and ask people, they know that you know grilled chicken is healthier, but they get the crispy chicken instead. So. He's like, what if I made the both worlds? Well, he's like, so what if I made a, a, a grilled fried chicken? And so in order to do that, it's like, yeah, you, you could paint artificial grill marks on the fried chicken. And thank you for explaining that because I had the same question Doug did. And I think our, 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 our uh, well, it's not a video podcast, but, but if you watch yeah. the trailer from Super Size to Me too, listeners, you would know. You would probably have the same question, like, why is he painting grill marks on a fried piece of chicken? <laughs> Very weird. Uh, but it's uh, it's it's one of those like you know, like you know, wacky like outrageous uh, wacky. commentary where it's like, oh, I'm gonna make a grilled fried chicken. Nobody would order that. <laughs> uh, How wacky. Yeah. But anyway, let's get into the meat and potatoes of super size. Let's get into the meat. And We're fries. getting super sized, baby. Let's it's get- all about the super size. Let's get into the meat and fries of this movie now that we're back <laughs> from break. Uh, so the movie, it opens with a, a quote from Ray Kroc, who is credited as being the founder of McDonald's, even though now it's heavily uh, noted that it was the McDonald's brothers. Don't watch that- the founder with Michael Keaton. It's 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 excellent. It's- right. But Kroc was the one who like made it big and went from one place to like, you know, conquering the world after Kroc. Yeah. So. Uh, the quote says, look after the customer and the business will take care of itself. And it's meant as like this ironic type of uh, introduction because it's like, oh, McDonald's is making you unhealthier. They're not looking after the customer. What's going on here? <laughs> and it also has kids singing about that that uh, Kentucky Fried Chicken and a Pizza Hut McDonald's McDonald's. Yeah, it's yeah. a very it's very ominous. And it made it. me think of Bi- uh, Jesus Camp. Was that yeah, the right. movie? Yes, dude. Yes, because it was a camp. They're all credited in the credits. Um, but yeah, it was a weird recording of like a, a a camp of kids singing about fast food. I very interesting choice there by Mr. Spurlock. But uh, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. So the, the movie it starts out. It establishes like the obesity epidemic in America, and it cites the uh, the, the court the, case. Yeah, the, the with one some we really up. terrible uh, daily news headlines too, calling the girls like the McFaddies and things like that. Like mm-hmm. it, daily news. For those of you who don't know, daily news is fucking garbage it's the worst publication you could ever read don't other than the new york post both of them are bad yeah both of them are bad all right so we brought that up before where he said like he he takes that idea that was brought up in the court case and he's like i'm gonna do this for real i'm going to eat mcdonald's for 30 days and see what happens and he has it also would have helped by the way i just want to throw this in part forget it would have helped if he could have gotten the two girls to be in the documentary but he didn't kind of seems like an oversight on his part yeah, he managed to get Jared Fogle. Hard to find. He also, and he also he did get like their lawyer in the movie and he interviewed him. So a couple extra phone calls, he probably could have got them on the line. But then again, maybe they declined to be in the movie or then something like should, that. I feel like he should have at least said that, like so and so declined to be in the movie. Yeah. But I think there are minors too. There are, he interviews other minors in this movie. Yeah, one of them is around Jared Fogle. I know. That's endangerment right there. <laughs> Only we knew. So, yeah, so he begins this project at uh, 185 pounds, and he so, start, ended at 210. His his cholesterol went way up. His, he had almost he almost uh, fucked up his liver. He, his sexual life was in the toilet. 
He was getting migraines and headaches. He was basically going through withdrawal symptoms like a drug addict. But So he had a couple of rules that he put in. Uh, number one, he said he would only supersize if he was asked. And he was only asked nine times which, throughout this whole uh, ordeal. Which and just five tells of, me, like, yeah, minimum wage workers don't give a fuck because they're getting paid nothing. They're not going to ask you. Like, I was like, I just think of when I used to work in retail, I would have to ask, like, do you want to sign up for this card? Do you want this? I would never fucking ask because they would just get no every time. If they want it, they'll ask for it. You know what I mean? So, yeah, so he only supersized if asked, and he was only asked about nine times throughout the whole uh, ordeal, and he and five of them were in Texas. So everything's bigger in Texas, yeah. baby. America. Yeah, and he makes a point that, uh, like, Texas has, uh, I think, like, Houston was, at the point, the number one fattest city Yeah, he in said America. most of the fattest cities in America, or a big percentage of the fattest cities in America were in Texas. I just want to remind Mrs. Spurlock, correlation does not equal causation, but there we go. <laughs> and also with the correlation does not equal causation. Yeah, the the all of the clips that he uses of just like B-roll footage of fat people walking down the street. And it's like meant to imply that like they're fat because they ate McDonald's. Yeah, I don't like that. But anyway, second yeah. rule he had was he could only eat food from McDonald's, water included. There's a really funny clip toward the end where his doctor says, like, hey, you may want to start taking some aspirin. And he goes, but McDonald's, no, you want to start taking multivitamins. He said, but McDonald's doesn't sell multivitamins. <laughs> I love that line because that was probably, that actually made me laugh. McDonald's doesn't sell multivitamins. Like, literally, when you see him in the movie drinking water, he is drinking McDonald's water. Like he will only literally that will is all he will eat or drink is things from McDonald's. Um, the and third rule was that every he has to try everything at least once. I love this rule. I think that's perfect. He needs the full scope of the menu. Yeah, he has he to big eat. and tasty. Yeah, they don't even have that anymore. He had to eat the fillet of fish, dude. I love the fillet of fish. What? Go fuck yourself. I love the fillet of fish. And then four, he had to do. Three square meals a day, breakfast, lunch, and dinner. And then he said he what was the was the thing he could get a salad once a week. Uh, I don't remember. I don't know about that. I don't know if, I don't remember if that was a rule. Yeah. But he does have the salads at some point too. Yeah. Uh, and I think it's also been noted that like the sal the, the he points it out in the movie. Yeah, the salads are not even healthy for you to begin with. More fat than a Big Mac. Yeah, if you put enough dressing and cheese on it, it's probably like amount the same amount of calories as like you know a regular McDonald's food. Yeah, item. who would have known? Taking croutons, bacon, chicken, and Christ dressing, chicken. which is yeah, and dressing, which is literally just milk and, and dairy. Oil. Fat and oil would make it not healthy. I would have never guessed. Yeah. So you know what's the funniest thing about this is that everybody talks like the the scene that everybody talks about with this movie is the scene where he like throws up out of his car. And I really I, going back to it, I didn't expect it to happen so soon. It happens on day two. Yeah, second day he gets a double quarter pounder with cheese meal, and they ask that's the first time they ask him to supersize. He's eating in his car, barely finishes it. Twenty two minutes in, he throws up out his car window. Those uh. The, the the time cards were ominous. Oh yeah, they were. It was just like a slow black screen with a white fade in. Like something's happening. I felt like I was in like Resident Evil Four. Like something is happening. What is going on here? And then they, of course, they show. They don't show him throwing up, but they show you the vomit, and it is chunky to yeah. say the least. It was worse for me because I did my research, boys. I I, I fucking ate a McRib during the movie. Honestly, I, I, I am one of those fat fucks. I enjoy myself a McRib. Yeah, it's I a sponge covered in barbecue sauce. What's not to like? It's yeah. worse this year, though. I don't know. Of course, I would fucking know that. I don't know what they changed or what's different about it, but it just doesn't have that same McRibby essence to it. It's, it's COVID. Better. 
It's missing the oh, don't start. I just got vaccinated again. <laughs> so yeah, and then uh, we we brought him up before. It's uh, the the the, uh, the Jared Fogle sighting in this movie is um not only is it just not hold up because of Jared Fogel's just presence in the movie, but it's used as like an inspirational like yeah. look at this guy, he ate fast food and he lost weight yeah. from it. I and that's that's actually is a great point because I like a lot of things in this movie that I like are not him eating the fast food. It's the other stuff that he covers. Yeah. He goes to this thing Jared Fogel used to go around to give speeches. He goes to one of those speeches where he has, you know, the famous big pants and he talks to a girl afterward who's overweight and she's like, Yeah, you know, it's very inspiring but I can't afford to go to Subway every day and get a sandwich. Ice a day. Like, does it work for me? Right? Yeah. But, and then he goes to, but the most interesting parts of this movie, in my opinion, are the ones where he goes to other places. Like, he goes to schools and he goes to the school lunches and he's like, are all these kids just getting French fries for lunch and soda and this and that? And, you know, that's the more interesting yeah, stuff that, to me. Yeah, that's, that is, I think, like where like I'm most like uh conflicted about this movie because I think that it is a decent documentary about like the pervasiveness of the fast food industry and like yeah he goes to these schools and everything that's outside of his own narrative like all of that stuff is like that's a decent documentary and then we have to cut back to this fat asshole just eating McDonald's and throwing up and learning nothing like the yeah. the findings are not like there's nothing really substantial it's just so like and it also it happens so quickly like you forget about the 30-day mission about like halfway through the movie yeah i feel like he wanted to make a movie about the fast food industry and he needed a poll to make it you know a a widely release you know what i mean so he's like i'm just gonna do it i'm gonna eat mcdonald's for 30 days you know i'm gonna find a, a chuggy fucking new york health center and and get a get a nutritionist and a dietitian and like all this other bullshit you know, it's going to this Chuggy Health Center is going to close halfway through the movie because guess what? People, you know, rich people don't want this shit. But, uh, yeah, it, that was the that was the more interesting part of the movie. And I think um, there wasn't enough of it. On one hand, I understand. I get it. It's expensive and time consuming to make decent meals for kids. It makes sense. But all we're doing is just poisoning them. I mean, you, you we lock them in a room and say this is all you can eat. Are we surprised when they make bad decisions? Exactly. And that's what he's pointing out. And I think that's the most powerful part of the movie. Not the fact that McDonald's is bad for you. We fucking know that, you know, we want to see like, you know, I want to go into the things. However, yeah. And there's also but what he also points out is that, like, if you just divert the funds for like the lunch program from eating this fast food stuff towards eating healthier stuff, like it shows that like, yeah, like it actually like it would work. Yeah. It's just a matter of like the laziness, like the the complacency of like we'll just you know settle for less. Yeah, and that and this movie did you know it did happen. School lunches are a lot healthier than they used to be. They're a whole lot healthier. I've worked in schools. They're a lot healthier than they used to be. Yeah, and I will also say that for as much as the movie itself it doesn't really hold up, and a lot of the findings that it has aren't super accurate anymore. But like, I think that the impact that the movie had. Like, and again, this is also goes into like marketing of it where it's like it did make some sort of positive change in like, you know, the the food industry where it's like, yeah, McDonald's cut down on the supersizing option. They now display their calorie counts and their nutrition's on their menu. They uh, they're they have they less heavily advertise Ronald McDonald and the the Playlands. And yeah, they removed the play places. Ronald McDonald isn't a character anymore. Like, I was going to say they got rid of all that, didn't they? Yeah, uh, dude. 
the default Happy Meal now, I think, is a four-piece nugget. They have a smaller fry for kids, which is called the, the kid size, which has like 10 French fries in it. Comes with apple slices, and I think they you could get milk or juice. I don't even think you could get soda with a kids' meal anymore, with a Happy Meal anymore. And they um, most of them, and they don't really have toys in them anymore. I think that's um, more so to say kids don't play with toys anymore. Really, they have iPads and shit. But you know what I'm saying. Well, the the toys have become collectibles. That's a whole other tangent. I'm looking at it right now. It's the four nuggets, small thing of one percent low fat milk, uh, and like four or five apple slices. Yeah. It, that's like the default Happy Meal now. It used to be when we were kids, you'd get a small drink, a small fry, a burger, and a and a and a toy. Like that was the Happy Meal. And then even earlier on in like the 70s and 80s, you'd get cookies with the Happy Meal too. I don't know why they stopped doing that, but but why, yeah. Why has God forsaken us? <laughs> that is the more interesting angle, and I think that's the better part of the movie. But to be fair, one thing that I didn't like about this movie is that it. It's very much trying, obviously, it's trying to pick a side and make a narrative, right? And trying to, trying to show things that are with its side, not against its side. But the way it uses its editing is very much seems like they misrepresented what the people were saying. Like, for example, in the beginning, you said, like, they brought on the uh, lawyer who was representing those two girls suing McDonald's. And they ask him, they say, what made you want to sue the Fed? What made you take on this case? What made you want to sue the fast food restaurants through McDonald's? And he goes, oh, you mean besides the monetary compensation? Uh, let me think. And then it cuts away before he could say anything like that's misrepresenting what he said. You know what I mean? Like he obviously said something else there, but you mm -hmm. made it just sound like he did it for money. Right. Or you look at there's a part in the movie where they talk about a diabetic person who was uh, getting a uh, surgery to get his stomach uh, smaller, right? Yeah, bypass. Uh, something like that. They were they were making his stomach smaller, right? And when, when he's literally at his bedside right before he's about to go into surgery, and he has like a double gulp container, which is two liters of soda, and he said, "Yeah, I used to. I, I would drink about two to three of those a week, a day." And oh. and as they were talking, he cut back. As they were in their conversation, he said, "Yeah, but yeah, two to three things of soda water a day." He said soda water. How do you know he's talking about soda? He could have been seltzer. Soda water, in my mind, is seltzer. Like, if you didn't miss that little thing, you'd be, yeah, they're talking about soda. The guy himself says soda water. So, like, I don't know, man. Like, something about this is off. Yeah, it definitely, you know, it, it feels, it's very preachy. It, it has, like, an agenda, and it has a narrative. And, again, it's, it, in some ways, it is, uh, it is, like, an admirable cause, but like it again, it does come across as like uh, coasting on a lot of anecdotal evidence. Like yeah. again, the, the whole experiment that he's doing on himself is just an anecdotal an evidence, and it's also heavily skewed because he was vegan before he tried this experiment. He and the wasn't reason why vegan, he, but he, he was healthy. He, he was he, his girlfriend I, tries to get him to be vegan the whole time, and even at the end, it says he couldn't be vegan again after that detox. And but maybe it's maybe this is more in post release, but also nobody has been able to emulate his results at all. Like yeah. there have been multiple things online of people doing the same thing. Some people did gain some weight, but nowhere to the extent that he did. Some people even stayed the same, and some people fucking lost weight doing yeah. this. And even and the one, I think the one point that uh, Miss Tom Naughton in the Fathead documentary has against. Oh, and I'm not trying to be Tom Naughton. No, here. no, I'm just saying. Yeah, no, I would say the one point that he has against him is that like. 
well, in order to eat 5,000 calories a day, like you, the amount that you would have to like overinflate the amount of food that you're eating for every meal is not like what the average meal would cost. Like you'd have to supersize everything and he only supersized like nine times. So it's not like. So you're saying he inflated the numbers a bit. Either that or he just like inflated like the amount of things that he, like he orders a double quarter pounder at like every meal. You ever notice that? Like he orders, he orders like more than he needs to and he always orders like a drink and then like the the, the he's the always holding soda. two cups you ever notice that he has yeah. two cups i don't know why he has never explained why he has two mcdonald's cups maybe one of them's got water <laughs> no it's the vomit cup <laughs> oh. yeah i'm just picturing him grabbing the vomit cup and taking a sip <laughs> like wait like you ever grab like a can someone's been using as an ashtray and you don't realize it and you take a sip I don't know what I don't know what cigarette uh, leavings you've been inhaling lately, but like, I'm just saying you never had a dad that smoked. Use a no, Coke can as a. I never had a dad. <laughs> oh well, it's not a pleasant experience. Let me tell you that. Oh well, <laughs> we can cut that out. We don't. But anyway, that. but anyway, we don't. Please don't cut it out. Right. We're not cutting it out. We're leaving that shit in. We're right. raw here. Fucking raw. And one of the weirdest things we haven't mentioned yet, I forgot where he went, but he met Don Gorski, the guy who known as the Mac Daddy, who eats Ugh. multiple Big Macs a day. He said uh-huh. to himself, he said the first time he went, he learned to drive, he went to McDonald's and got three Big Macs. They tasted so good. He ate them in the parking lot. He went back in and got three more. Later on that day, he was hungry again, drove back, got three again. He had nine Big Macs his first day. And since then, he's eaten at least two Big Macs a day. And in August of 2021, he he consumed a total of 32,000 Big Macs. What a what a cretin! Like honestly, this this is the weird guy. What a like, fucking! They should have made the whole documentary about him. What like, a fucking sad sack of shit this guy is. <laughs> and but the worst part is, it doesn't prove that the movie's point because he's skinny. Skinniest. He's not. Fuck! I'm looking at him right now. He's got a weird, like, he wears, like, John Lennon glasses and has, like, a weird mullet slash bowl haircut. I eat a Big Mac every day for 30 days. Oh, he's on Instagram. Holy shit. What? I don't know. His his last picture was posted in 2018, and it's the picture of the guy who ate the Big Mac with the box. <laughs> like, yo, do you eat your Big Macs with or without the shell? Like, he took a bite out of the box. I hate that. I hate yeah, that so Yeah, it's great. Much. So you said he ate 32,000 burgers. The price of a Big Mac at right now is approximately 3.99. So 32,000 times 3.99 is 127,680 dollars. This man spends. He's Where that, the fuck are you going? That it's only four dollars. They're like six or seven by now. Oh, dude. And the best part too is that in the in the thing he says, I used to only eat two a day. He goes, but now I eat around three a day, and that's because they're getting smaller. <laughs> He's noticing the changes in the Big Mac. It's He's the Mac Daddy, it's, dude. Don't oh, say listen, that. I how hate s- that. Listen, I just need to ask: How sad do you have to be to eat to think that that Big Mac is the best sandwich of all time? It's literally just bread and lettuce. It's crunchy water. <laughs> All right, okay, controversial opinion. I think the ingredients they use in the Big Mac are like my ideal burger, but the quality of ingredients throw it off for me. No, the, the, the one I want to throw the Big Mac off, quantity of bread, too much bread. Too much bread, too much lettuce, too oh, much yeah. Mac sauce. No, I think the lettuce and the sauce are fine. There's too much bread. If you took a Big Mac and you used quarter pounder patties instead of the regular thin-ass burger patties, you'd have a winner. Have you ever had a bigger Mac? The one with four patties? 
it's you get a um, quarter pounder with cheese. Oh, and you just sauce. get mac sauce on it? Add lettuce and mac sauce. Yeah, no, I haven't, but that's pretty much what I would want. And he does mention in the movie, too, he only had a Whopper. He very seldom eats the fries. He only eats Big Macs. And probably he... Not a, probably, you know, good on cutting down on sodium, I guess. Yeah, probably... and then he said he's only eaten a Whopper once. Someone paid him $5 or uh, $20 once or however much it was to eat a Whopper. Did he, he ate the Whopper. After? He used the money to go buy more Big Macs. What a fucking what a fucking sad Burger King is 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 a disgrace of an establishment, but the Whopper is a better the Whopper's the the Whopper uh, barring Wendy's, which is the filet mignon of fast food. The Whopper is the best fast food burger. I could not disagree more. Dude, the Whopper, the ketchup mayo mix on a Whopper is better than Mac sauce. It is. No, it doesn't even come with cheese by default, my dude. So what? Neither does the quarter pounder. Yeah, you know what? The, the, the burger. Yeah, neither does the Big Mac. Yes, it does. Does yes, it does. Two all beef patties, special sauce, lettuce, cheese, pickles, onions on a sesame seed bun. Doesn't even have tomatoes though. Yeah, don't need tomatoes on a Big Mac. A good burger does not need tomato. Uh, well, I'm a I'm a tomato boy. So um, let's let's. But you don't eat. But you don't eat White Castle. Why? Oh, when was the last time White Castle put a tomato on one of their stupid sliders, huh? You don't need tomato on it. They just have one big chunk of onion, and that's the it's, only it texture. It would be half a cherry tomato. <laughs> it would be. It would be. It would be a sliver of cherry tomato, like a pickle slice. By the way, uh, yeah, one thing I wish I wish I could try a McDLT or a Big and Tasty. I did pull up a or an quick Arch list. Deluxe. Arch Deluxe. I would do I still have it? I did pull up a quick list of some of the weirdest things at McDonald's that I've always wanted to try but the never Mc had the chance. Pizza? Well the McPista's on there, the Mick Spaghetti. The Mick Spaghetti, the Mick Hot Dog, the Chick uh, the Fish Nuggets. They're a uh, lobster roll. No, they have the lobster roll. roll in New England. New England McDonald's have the lobster roll. I mean I'm talking like Massachusetts, Rhode Island, but yes, I've seen it. I've also had it here in Connecticut. Is it good? I didn't mind it. I didn't yeah. hate it. I wouldn't go back for it. I didn't mind it. If it's lobster, it's probably the same shit you get at Chinese restaurants or Chinese buffets. Based on the price I paid for it, I don't think it was imitation lobster. But who knows? You never know. Yeah. Uh, I. What else was on that list? Um, the noodles. They used to have noodles back in the day. Noodles. Nice. They, they did like Asian-inspired noodles. Uh, and what's the other one that I want to try but I never got a chance? Um, onion nuggets. Dude, you know what they got to bring back? The snack wrap. Yeah, see, I wish I had. I wish I had all of this like ancillary knowledge. Of all you never of had a snack wrap, Mike. All of the discontinued op- uh, food options. I don't know. I, I've never really. I've a always... snack wrap was around when we were kids, dude. The snack wrap it was. was. You remember? Or, do no, you remember the kid, chicken? I ate fucking like regular nuggies. Well, and... they were around until we were in high school. They discontinued when we were in high school. Do you remember the chicken selects? Those yes. were like the chicken tenders that they had. Like the premium tenders. Yeah, the premium select. They weren't that good. The problem with chicken selects is nobody fucking ordered them, so you'd always get old ones that tasted like that have been sitting there all day under the lamp. But I I miss the um the Big Mac snack wrap and the third pounder burgers. Oh, the anus third pounders. Yep. <laughs> the uh, but the chicken the chi- the snack wrap was literally just a chicken tender in a tortilla with cheese, lettuce, and a dressing. So a ranch snack wrap was a one tendy in a tortilla with cheese, lettuce, and ranch dressing. And it was like a dollar fifty. And your other options were barbecue or honey mustard. 
All right, so let's get on to the release to the release of the movie. So, uh, critic responses: the movie has a ninety-two percent on Rotten Tomatoes with one hundred and seventy-one reviews. One hundred and fifty-eight of them are fresh; thirteen are rotten. And the critics' consensus is nothing. There's no critic consensus for this movie. On and, and that movie, that review, that that's a little high. Yeah, and and yeah, the amount of reviews. Were all the reviews old? Like, were they all from two thousand three? Probably. I, I'd have to imagine that the reviews for this movie have not been updated in a very long time, especially because there's if there's no critic consensus, like that means and, and Rotten Tomatoes didn't always have a critic consensus. Yeah, so exactly. maybe so that they, was. But, yeah. but old movies. They've like you know retroactively added a consensus to it. Nobody sometimes. gives a shit about this movie <laughs> anymore. And especially there's a lot. There's like over a hundred reviews of this, so it's at least like a widely reviewed enough movie to where they could have had one, but it's just not there for some reason. Um, but yeah, I think a lot of the positive reviews from this are from the time, uh, and it's all from like you know like I guess the the shock of the realization uh, of people seeing it for the first time. And I think because I remember when we were teenagers, we we liked this movie or yeah, that we, we liked it, it well cool. enough. Yeah. And we and, so, and we and, you know, we thought we were learning something. But then, like, you know, I think it's like, yeah, in recent years is where a lot of the uh, the holes start to come through and where a lot of the stuff that doesn't hold up about it really starts to shine through. And then we've got on Metacritic, it has a 73 out of 100 with 37 reviews, 32 are positive, four are mixed, and one is negative. The highest review that we have is a 100 out of a 100. Uh, <laughs> the Citizen Kane of 2004, ladies and a gentlemen. A deliciously amusing socio-culinary prank, Owen Gleiberman of Entertainment Weekly. Could you have picked another review? Because I don't think Entertainment Weekly fucking counts. N- nobody <laughs> has ever used that word before or after. Socio-culinary? But- Socio culinary. Yeah, that, that's that's word salad right I, there. That's I think not even real. It's well, one. It was the only uh, 100 review, so it was <laughs> the one I had to use. I was like, oh well. But it's also like, yeah, is this a is this movie really a prank? I feel like the s- second movie is more of a prank. Where he's uh, like, gotcha. I threw up in your parking lot. Fuck you. Ha ha ha. I made you a lot of money. I bought all your food. Ha ha ha. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if it's a prank. Like again, I think that the findings that it has are like important but again i don't know if prank was the right word and yeah social culinary it's just like you know critics trying to be smart putting two words together it's like oh it's about social issues and it's about food so social culinary i made up a word i'm yeah, clever that's definitely what was going on in his mind yeah it's a lot of big film words but anyway yeah uh, what's um, the worst so review le- the worst review uh says Insofar as one can distinguish the investigative research from the career move, the Sundance Prize winner is effective muckraking, but it lacks much of a political program apart from the message that we're poisoning ourselves. Jonathan Rosenbaum of the Chicago Reader gives it a 30 out of a whole. I agree with that. No, yeah, you know I what? Think- That's a pretty good take. That yeah. is a good take. Yeah, like I said, it and where it's effective muckraking, like it does bring up a lot of like interesting topics and it did make some sort of social change. But again, it's like. There's not really a point to a lot of like uh, his like experiment. And Doug, as a psychologist yourself, you should know that experiments should have a control group, independent variables. And this has none of that. You know, peer review, multiple studies. What's what's this? What's this study's P value? Uh, Doug, dude, fuck that. We need a reverse chi. (laughs) <laughs> There's no I, even. I I haven't said that word since fucking grad school. I know, dude. Psychology. We both made. I majored in psychology. Love that shit. <laughs> I haven't never heard used it once. Never once. I, I can't remember the last time I said p value. Jesus Christ. 
Oh, oh right. Uh, so that, box that you, office? Yeah, now you guys get to say uh, big words that I don't know. Uh, <laughs> anyway, so now the, the movie's box office, so, yeah, it was released in theaters. It was re- uh, opening weekend, it was released in 41 theaters, which is not a wide release. That's very small. No, yeah, so it, it opened at number 20 uh, on its opening weekend with $516,000. So 41 is a small release. What would a wide release be? A uh, wide release nowadays would be 3,000 theaters. Like uh, uh the Jeez. new oh. Yeah. So the so the new the the new Marvel movie that comes out that's 3,000 to 4,000 theaters uh on an opening weekend. That's what a big wide release is. Yeah. So a lot of movies this especially is indie through and through. Yeah, so a lot of small release movies, independent movies, they will start at a very small release. Like sometimes they'll start in four theaters, like two in LA, two in New York, and like then they Phoenix Road. <laughs> no, like 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 a like a like, movie Oogie loves. <laughs> no, like but like small movies, like even like uh, a lot of like big name Oscar movies and stuff, they'll start at like four theaters, one in two in L.A., two in New York, build up slow word of mouth and buzz. Like they'll play in theaters a little bit, and people get the chance to hear about them, and then oh, they'll. Scale, I see. Yeah, so yeah, for big movies, like people are excited and they're going to see it on opening weekend no matter what. But for smaller movies, they need that time to like build up word of mouth so people can go see it. Because if they just release in four thousand theaters and nobody's ever heard of it, like they're they're not going to make their money. So it's a it's a it's a more of a, a lucrative marketing strategy to like you know open small. And then, like, you know, uh, like, you know, slowly build. And, yeah, it opens at number 20. And then, like, the next week, it again, adds, like, a decently number of the of uh, theaters every so often, like, adds, like, maybe 50 or so theaters every week, slowly builds up. And it it stays in the top 10 for, like, at least a good number of weeks. Like, it stays in the top 10. Yeah, it, it's like consistently at number ten. It's not making like huge numbers. It may be making like you know, clo- like under a million dollars uh, every week or so. But it's like again, slowly adding to its overall gross, which is its overall gross ended up being eleven million dollars uh, for the United States uh, domestic take and a twenty million dollar gross. Um, according to Box Office Mojo, it was twenty point six million. Uh, Wikipedia has it as twenty two point two million worldwide. So anywhere between. 20 million and 22 million dollars for the this movie's uh, intake which its budget was only $65,000 not a bad nut yes yeah, so again and it's it's probably still one of the highest grossing documentaries of all time because documentaries they don't make that much money so the fact that it made like 20 million dollars it's like somewhere still around in like I thought it was in the top 10 before seeing it it's it's like around like the 30 something mark of like the highest grossing documentaries because a lot of the ones that ended up you know that are in the top 10 are like a lot of like the Disney nature stuff and like the things are like alright this isn't like you know real independent documentary this is like you know a, a kind of like you it's know made by big, Disney yeah yeah it, it's Disney and those uh, movies they show with the aquariums yeah there was an IMAX short there was like a, one of those IMAX Hubble telescope documentaries that's like in the top 5 still yeah because they show it at every fucking aquarium you've ever been to, every science center. You you get it free with your ticket, and that counts. Like, yeah. Yeah. And so, yeah, so it's the number 32 highest grossing documentary of all time in the United States. So that ain't nothing to shake a stick at. Yeah. According to the inflation calculator, it's about 31 million in 2021 money. All right, yeah, so that's more money than the average documentary would make. So, like, yeah, $20 million, like, intake for most movies is, you know. Do you think it was the highest-grossing documentary that year? Definitely. Has to be. 
Um, actually, no, because in 2004 was when Fahrenheit 9-11 came out. Ah, Fahrenheit yep, 9-11. Fahrenheit 9-11 is still to this day the highest grossing documentary of all time. It's like in the $100 million uh, range. Why does and that sound familiar? It's Michael Moore. It's the documentary Michael Moore made in 2004 about like the failings of the Bush presidency and the uh, in the Iraq War and all that. And, and he was, won the Oscar for no, it. No, he did not. The, no, that was Columbine. Sorry. Yes, he won the Oscar for uh, Bowling for Columbine. Uh, the this movie though was nominated for best documentary at the Oscars. Uh, it did not win, and the movie that it lost to was a movie called. Born into Brothels, Calcutta's Red Light Kids, which and again, I've never I, seen it, but it sounds interesting. Yeah, yeah. This, this has got me looking into it. I, I do want to see it. It certainly sounds a lot. Uh, it's certainly a lot to take in. It's a, a very lot heavy, heavier, heavy subject matter. But I, I also assume uh, probably a much more, you know, sobering and well-researched and journalistic movie than uh, than this is. Most definitely. Yeah, because a, a lot of documentaries like this, like the, the like the Michael Moore type of documentaries and like the, the person hosting the thing and like going around to person, person, those are not the documentaries that get uh, that get nominated nowadays. Nowadays, it's more of like, usually it has to be, it's usually something like, you know, political or historical or like, you know, something that's related. Yeah, or, or yeah, as we saw in that in that Simpsons clip, yeah, uh, there is a, on the Simpsons clip. You probably couldn't see it in person, but it said uh, he's filling out the form, and it says uh, documentary Holocaust or non-Holocaust movie. Um, but yeah, it's usually either that or a movie like Free Solo, where it's like you know this big like film, like you, you know this filming list, like you know epic, uh, yeah, like, or or it's a movie that's uh, pertinent to the time, right? Like yeah. you know, like uh, like uh, Icarus. Mm-hmm. Which was about the the Russian uh, Russians uh, cheating at the Olympics, yep. and this was right in the middle of the public eye, where Russia was in the middle of the public eye with the with the with the election dossier and all that shit. So mm-hmm. of course that won. So this movie, when it was released on home media, it still to this day does not have a Blu-ray release. Uh, it was released on DVD uh, on September uh, 28th, 2004. Um, it's probably a very bare bones DVD. I do not have it in my possession. I couldn't I don't see have it. it either. Yeah. Uh, and, Couldn't but, find it at the library. Yeah, but, you know, this is a big library movie. This is certainly one of those movies that was like, you know. I mean, look at where it's streaming. Like, it's currently available to stream on Amazon Prime, YouTube for free. Is that where you watched it? Where no, did I you... watched it on Amazon. I have Amazon Prime, you heathen. Oh, yeah. No, it's YouTube. It's free I, with ads. I, I watched it on YouTube because I have a Prime account. Yeah. Is was, on... there, was there a lot of ads on it? Zero ads. Yeah, no, I think oh, they, it said free with ads. So yeah, I didn't watch. I it think they just put they just it's just on YouTube for free. Like, I think that's the thing is that like this movie is seen as being like an important a teaching work. tool. Yeah, so it's like culturally me- relevant. Yeah, so it's on it's free to stream on YouTube, Canopy, uh, Plex, and Amazon Prime with subscription and. Uh, with ads, you can watch it on IMDb TV, Crackle, Tubi, and Pluto TV. Oh, so you know it's you know it's good when it's on Tubi. Tubi is low key. Tubi. Tubi is low key one of the uh, the most useful streaming services that I've ever seen. It's where I uh, if, if you want a bullshit movie, if you're it's look- probably on Tubi. Yeah, if you're looking for like some stupid ass like exploitation horror movie from the 70s no other streaming service is going to have it except if you're looking for, for clown town six tubi's fucking got it in hd baby it's not in hd but they <laughs> the best quality that they could get yeah so Tubi is also my favorite robot moving along anyway is that the was that the robot from toonami no that was tom 
Okay, what was what? Who's Tubi? What robot is that? Don't Google it without uh, your safe search on. <laughs> God damn it! <laughs> All right, so uh, <laughs> that's why we have you here, Doug. So uh, we're gonna introduce uh, a new thing for this uh, top for this episode. We uh, have recently discovered that uh, uh, on Spotify for podcasts, um, they have a question of the week poll option, which we thought hey that could be an interesting thing to you know, annoying this yeah. is perfect way to be even more annoying yeah. without even listening to us yeah so uh i put a question at the end of uh the in the last episode on skyfall i i put a question on there i didn't say it in the episode because i had discovered it after the fact but i put up a, a poll question that says which uh james bond movie is your favorite and i put the poll options from uh from russia with love goldfinger the Spy Who Loved Me, On Her Majesty's Secret Service, Goldeneye, Casino Royale, and Skyfall. No Moonraker? <laughs> I try to have one for me. How, how many responses do you have, Michael? <laughs> that doesn't matter. The point, the point <laughs> the is... Answer zero, ladies and gentlemen. Even though, yeah, because, you is know... It because, is it because he didn't tell anyone, or is it because no one's listening? The answer's up to you. Listen, we'll see. We'll see if anyone answers this <laughs> poll this week. But, yeah, so Skyfall did win the poll uh, with 100% of the vote. Uh, two votes, to be exact, if you wanted to be, uh, you know, get those numbers. But hopefully more people will participate in this question. And we thought of uh, a fun idea for this one. We decided to ask, which fast food restaurant would you eat for 30 days if you, if you had, had to do to. a morgan spurlock s you know yeah. uh experiment with one fast food place what would it be so our options are mcdonald's wendy's burger king taco bell subway popeyes and kfc we tried to you know hit all of the big major yeah. chains i know popeye and kfc are very similar but like we did try to you know cast a wide net they're not similar in, in our in our defense we took the top 20 and then filtered out the ones that are not national yeah these are national change these are the widest ones this has these have the widest reach and the same rules apply i would say you have to eat everything on the menu once you got to do it for breakfast lunch and dinner what which one would you do okay i i personally would do taco bell a i want to try their breakfast stuff b you got to try everything on the menu taco bell literally is six ingredients all in different, different configurations. So orders. it's not going to be that hard. The only thing I'm concerned about is I might get bored of it. Yeah, I think that's going to be the big uh, challenge with a lot of And also, Taco Bell introduces a new item like every fucking week. So maybe I won't get bored of it. LTOs, my dude. LTOs. Doug, what would your option be? Not Subway. I can oh, yeah, that. Subway. You got to eat every sandwich and every kind of bread. Yeah, that's the thing I'm scared about because Subway, because I was going to say, you know, Subway, you can have the most, like, you know, uh, like Variety, diverse options, you know. but like, I will shit my pants in public before I eat the fucking meatball sub. You got to eat the meatball sub. You got to eat the veggie patty, the barbecue rib patty. Those are all things that are on the, you got to eat that shit. Yeah. I know. Under normal circumstances, I would say Popeyes. I would say Popeyes is probably like my go-to restaurant of choice, but that is one I can only do like once in a while. It is so heavy and it, it puts you out of it for a while. I don't. Oh yeah, you get the itis bad for Popeyes. Yeah. There's a Popeyes by me that's offering new people twenty-five an hour to work. Well, good, good on good on uh, you know yeah. Good on I Popeyes. Think, I think uh, I think the working class is winning. <laughs> like I think we're we're don't making this shit, Michael. All right. <laughs> so. Okay. If I had a pick, if you know, if I had to pick, not Burger King, not Subway, not KFC, I I think it would have to be maybe McDonald's or Wendy's, I guess. But you guys know where I'm gonna say 
You guys don't want my Taco Bell, baby. T-Bell. I'm, I'm Mexican. I have to. Dude, I also heard Taco Bell is, like, the healthiest. Oh, the healthiest. Food. Yeah, their, their meat is like Their meat is meat, but it's cut with, like, soy, mm-hmm. which... Isn't oatmeal. terrible for you anyway. And oatmeal, like yeah, it's there's, there's a lot of cheese and I mean there's a lot of lettuce and a lot of like you know veggies that are in a lot of their uh you know yeah. contraptions. I think yeah, I'm gonna say Taco Bell as well. One, you can you can go light with Taco Bell orders. Like you could, I'm like I could just get a cheesy gordita crunch and like you know one and like I guess a baja. But again, this is the one thing where it's like you don't have to get thing on top of thing. You could like you know. They have like you know a condensed menu. Like you, but can, you have to try everything on the menu once in a month. So yeah, you can't go I'm, light on everything. You're gonna have to go heavy on a few. Yeah, I'm really, I'm, I'm really gonna dread that day that I have to eat the beefy five layer burrito. It's good, Michael. It's, it is, but it's heavy. I, when you eat it, the con, the contents within. It just becomes sludge. Like I yeah. can't. It's a Mike is very. Me. Mike is very. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, Mike is very sensitive to texture. It's very tactile when it comes to food. Yes, That's- he will not eat White Castle just because of its texture. No, I won't eat White Castle because it's literally not of, fucking food. He won't like, eat it out of principle. No, I did eat it. Like I, I, I oh. had hyped it up in my mind as being the worst thing in the world. But <laughs> Anthony had thrust upon our Halloween party last year a last you last week. Well, yeah, we crossed Time doesn't a, exist. A, hollow, a, a crave case from White Castle. And, you know, there's 30 burgers there. And I'm like, you know what? I'll have one. Let me see if it's changed at all. And in the first bite, I could tell. I was just like, ugh. Like, it's literally just the squishiest, slimiest. You're there's the no squishiest, meat in those slimiest, patties. no meat. No, there's no. And you could you could debate the the legitimacy of the meat in a lot of fast food burgers. But there is there's no there's no substance. I the told patty. you, Mike, you don't go to White Castle when you're craving burgers. You go to White Castle when you're craving White Castle. And, and here's the thing. I will never crave Good White Castle because it tastes bad. Okay. Also, I, now that I remember, we're talking about bad. I also just want to say the art design in this movie, fucking garbage. It's all literally like Banksy-ass pictures of, oh, Ronald McDonald smoking a cigarette. Oh, it's 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 Starry Night, but it has a McDonald's logo in it. I, th- I think that guy, that, that artist was kind of funny where he's just like, you know, Van Gogh looked out his window and painted what he saw. And all I see are the big arches. Oh, and, and also it, it, his his title card was Artistic Genius. <laughs> I fucking hate that. It was literally just Banksy. What? <laughs> all right. So we're cutting the closing thoughts. We're going to give. Here's the thing. We're giving a rating out of 10. One for the movie and then one for the accuracy of the marketing and how well the marketing did at representing the movie. So as a movie, I I probably would have, you know, given it a higher rating a couple of years back when I was, you know, a little younger and just taking it, the information at face value. But after watching it again and with all of like the, the hindsight that we have, I think it's a very middling movie. Like, again, it has some admirable qualities. It It did try to, you know, you know, enact some sort of change but as a movie it's just very sloppy and a lot of it doesn't hold up i'm gonna give it a five out of ten yeah i'm with you mike i'm gonna give it a six if it had less of him eating fast food which kind of is the point of the movie but whatever if it had less of that and more of the other stuff i probably would have bumped it up to a six and a half or seven but i'm giving it a six. Oh god i want to say just because it made me hungry like a five and a half looks like a six Oh, so we're all right in the middle there. Very yeah. nice. I mean, it's fine. It's entertaining, but it's not like revolutionary. I'm not gonna like go out of my way to watch it. 
I only yeah. watched it after 10 years because you guys asked me to. That's fair. That's I mean, fair. To be fair, I only watched it because uh, we decided to do this episode. I haven't watched it in so long. I didn't really care about it that much. But yeah, it's uh, yeah. Again, it's it's one thing that's like I the things that like you know came about from it like in the real world are more important than the movie itself. Um, and as for the marketing, now this one is tough because again, there's not a lot of like you know actual. Uh, like marketing materials that were made for the movie. We gotta go off of the poster and the trailers. Not even just that, but I think it is also just like Spurlock, like hawking the movie and like, you know, the, the presence that it had and like the, the pervasiveness of this movie, like being taught and like, you know, being discussed as like an important movie. And in that regards, I'm gonna give it a little lower than the movie. I'm gonna give it a four, cause again, like the traditional marketing materials, really? the poster, I mean, it's an iconic poster, but it's just gross. Dude, um, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna, why would you, okay, go on, go on. But yeah, I'm also gonna say that, yeah, um, because the, the effect of the marketing, like again, I think it's important that it actually, like, you know, caused some big stirs and like had things change, but, I think it's like there's still people who like take all of the information that is uh, brought about in this movie as like 100 percent fact, which is, again, is not entirely true. And I think that it's uh, it's probably not uh, very uh, helpful to like still view it in that way. So I think that that's again, that's where I lie on that one. I'm going to argue the accuracy of the uh, movie doesn't really mean anything in terms of its marketing. This movie wasn't arguing that it was, um, you know, the end all be all. This is the definitive answer to fast food. If it was, then I'd agree with you. But it marketed itself as this guy is going to eat fast food for 30 days. Let's watch what does he do? He eats fast food for 30 days. It said it's going to be uh, about the fast food industry. It's about the fast food industry. I, you, they told you no lies. You went in expecting it and you got it. I will say the the marketing did lean more heavily on this guy is going to eat McDonald's. This is all we're going to focus on. So I imagine when people went in and sat down, they saw that, oh, there's also a bunch of this background information and talk about lawyers and shit. That's not what I came to see. I'm going to give it an eight. I think the marketing was perfectly fine. It did. It set out. It marketed exactly what the movie was. Yeah, but I also for the think, most part. Yeah, but I also think that it, at, even at a certain point, like I said, it kind of drops that whole narrative of like, which is uh, why I didn't give it a ten. Yeah. Well, I I don't know. See, here's the thing. We've been doing the show only for like six episodes now. I don't really know what a ten for marketing would look like. I think I'll have to know it when I see it. But uh, we'll figure that out when we come to it. And Doug, do you, would what would you have to give for the marketing of the movie? How would you think say that it did at uh, uh, representing the film. Now, now go with me on this. This might be in terms of the marketing itself. I think it. I kind of agree with Anthony. It's just you're gonna go see a movie. It's literally on the can. You get what you're expecting. I think what happened was the Spurlock released as like a meme movie. People started to resonate with a message in it that he wasn't expecting or maybe didn't plan to happen, and then he said, "Oh yeah, this is actually a serious movie about trying to get people to open their eyes about how we're." poisoning our body and setting up the next generation to fail. That's my crazy theory. So you, you think it's like the room? I, I don't think that there's that level of irony in the movie. No, like, I don't think there is. I, I, I don't necessarily agree with that either. Yeah, I think he was trying to, like, make a serious statement. Like, definitely. he definitely had, you know, he definitely had, like, you know, a drum to bang on this one. But also, I don't think meme culture was around that. I don't know if he releasing a movie ironically was, like, a thing. Well, the room. Well, I mean, no, they, I mean... 
he again, Tommy Wiseau thought he was making a real movie the whole time, and then only after the fact did yeah. he decide that like, oh, it's a comedy. Like, yeah, just to like you know, just to save face, like just so that way you know he didn't have to admit that he made a bad movie on accident. Um, all right, so uh, yeah, so that's the end of our episode. I hope we had uh, you know discovered discussed this movie at length and you know talked about everything that was you know relevant about it. Um, let's end off with some plugs. So. So, Anthony, where can the people find you? Uh, they could find me on, uh, I, I have a pretty much dormant Instagram page I post on it once in a while. Uh, it's Western Celebs in Japanese Ads. Uh, I think it's with underscores between each word. So, Western underscore celebs underscore in underscore, you know, Japanese ads, whatever. Um, I post what exactly what you find on the tin. Western celebs and Japanese ads. I've got a large backlog. Um, I post when I want to. So... That's pretty much it. So you may, you know, it's a nice little surprise when you see a post from me. Yeah. But yeah, that's pretty much all I do. Uh, and you could find me. I am at the Kino Man on Twitter and on Instagram. And you changed it. I did change it because RMR, as we know it, is now dead. Uh, we had our final episode of RMR of Random Movie Roulette. We had recorded it. Uh, it should be uploaded at some point soon. But yeah, Random Movie Roulette, uh, we, me and Jack and Lewis decided that we we're going to hang it up. Uh, that show is now, uh, over, but we're deciding, uh, we're, we're coming up with new plans for another show. And I hope that you, uh, enjoy it. Like, Cinemarketing. Yeah. Yeah, no, Cinemarketing was my life raft that I clung to after, uh, <laughs> RMR, uh, sunk down, uh, uh, but what anyway. A shitty life raft. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, uh, so that's where you can find, uh, uh, me on social media and, uh, uh, Random Movie Roulette. If you want to, the final episode, we did, uh, a final episode on three classic Halloween horror movies that we, uh, had always <laughs> planned on doing but never got to. And we decided that for our final episode, that's what we were going to do. So we did, Psycho, The Exorcist, and House from uh, 1977. And so... Thank you for not saying Houseu. Houseu. <laughs> Thank I, you. I think, uh, I mean, it, it certainly, you know, distinguishes it. But anyway, uh, and yeah, so we, we did those three movies, and we also read some, like, goodbye letters from uh, some of our uh, listeners. So we had a, a decent time reminiscing, and uh, we hope to make something better in the future. And for this show, you could find us on Instagram at Podcast, which is where I post a lot of uh, memes and jokes and ads and stuff that's related to the movie we're talking about. I had a field day with just reposting real McDonald's uh, posts on oh, the... McDonald's uh, is fucking great, and they're comrades, too. Yeah, and... Uh, what and, are you talking about? We'll show you, Doug. McDonald's <laughs> is this great Instagram page, and Wednesdays is also good, and Kerger Bing. Kerger Bing is uh, the best one, but anyway. I, I don't know. I'm liking Wednesdays. Wednesdays is great. Thank And, and I want to thank uh, our our good friend Doug for joining us on uh, throughout all of the uh, the technical difficulties and the and the schedule changes. Thanks for uh, joining us. For schedule this changes were my fault. Yeah, because <laughs> you didn't watch the movie, <laughs> dude. Yeah, I didn't want to. <laughs> you kind of. Right. I'm so happy. Mcdix is out of my life now. Yeah, <laughs> I, I got a fucking McGriddle today as I was like like speed watching the movie again. Yeah, I feel like, like I said, I feel like um, McGriddles are like eating children's kitchen playset toys. It's just plasticky and rubbery. It's and delicious. It's, it's oh, they're God. so good. And uh, next time, we'll leave you a trailer for what we're uh, gonna talk about next time. But uh, it's we're gonna have uh, we're gonna have a good time with that one. There we go. We'll uh, we'll leave you a tease with the next movie. Clint. 
Shut her down.